Welcome to another brand new episode of the Nothing Important Podcast with your host, Matt Reyes. That's me. You're you. I'm me. I said that already. Let's not get into being fucking redundant today, right? Let's not repeat ourselves. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right the fuck into it. We're going up on a motherfucking journey. Is your head up looking at the fucking clouds? Are you perceiving the heavens before you? Are you understanding visually the majesty of the cascading clouds colliding with each other and the blues mixing with the whites, mixing with the grays, mixing with the the beautiful golden hue of the sun? Are you are you witnessing that? Are you a witness of the Lord's majesty right before your eyes? Well, guess what? Take your eyes, put them right back down, sit in your motherfucking seat and open up your ears. It's time for me to talk my shit. Hola, mi gente. Um, how's everybody doing? How is everybody doing? If you're asking because you're a fucking gentleman or you're a true lady how I'm doing, I'm good. I'm fucking good. A little bit hungover. <laughs> I'm a little bit hungover. Last night, you know, I had me a couple drinks. I had myself a couple drinks. Uh, went out with the family. Always very nice. Always very beautiful. Um, we went out to the Beltline, Atlanta Beltline. If you've been to Atlanta and you haven't been to the Beltline, what the fuck are you doing? The Beltline is essentially like a designated path that goes through... It feels like the entirety of fucking Atlanta. It's like an east to west uh, path, but they've like fucking, you know, put so many businesses and restaurants. It's like park slash, uh, you know, very long 80 mile strip mall. Uh, You got to go to experience it. It's wonderful. It's incredible. I love doing it. And we just basically went and walked me and my baby, my girl, my sister, her boyfriend, and um, went to... uh, Get some drinks, walk around, beautiful afternoon, enjoying our fucking Labor Day. You know what I mean? Because you put so much labor, you put so many hours into this lifetime. When the good Lord, I'm referring to America, our government, when the good Lord grants you some time off the field, you should take it. You know what I'm saying? When Massa comes around and slaps you on your ass and says, you've been doing good, boy. You've been doing real good. You deserve your little cold drink of water. You say, a cold drink of water, Massa? And you accept that cold drink of water. That's what you do. So that's what we did. We accepted that cold wink, uh, the cold wink, cold drink of water. And, um, you know, we were a little sneaky. Instead of drinking water out the fire hose, what we did is we got us a little bit of moonshine. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, I was drinking wine. And my sister, she took me back, man. I'm I'm 30 years old. I'm 30. I'm thir- dirty 30. Dirty 30. Uh, that means, I don't know what the fuck that means. I didn't do anything dirty on my 30th. But... Um, she took me back to like nine years ago when I was 21 and I was a fucking, I'll drink anything kind of guy, you know? And she broke us some Bacardi gold. That's the devil's pee pee. You know what I mean? Um, that is Satan's urine. I would not recommend anybody to drink that. It's just a fucking potent, doesn't taste good, smells bad, you know, but it does the job, you know? (laughs) If your intention when you're drinking alcohol, when you want to enjoy a nice fucking drink, you know, take a nice whiskey glass, throw some one of those big round ice cubes in there. You hear that clunk? Ding, 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 ding. You pour over that some delicious alcohol. In this case, it wasn't delicious alcohol. It was Bacardi Gold. And I didn't have a glass. We were drinking it out of a fucking water bottle. But 
Um, you know, stay with me. I'm trying to visually titillate you. I know you like alcohol. Um, but if your intention behind doing that is to get that feeling, and we all know what that fucking, maybe you haven't had a drink in a little while and you forgot what that feeling is, but I can describe that feeling with the noise. We're going to do some onomatopoeia. You remember onomatopoeia? Do you remember? Are you that fucking old? You don't remember school. You probably have kids and they're refreshing your memory. Let me refresh your memory right now. I'm not talking about a beautiful fucking bee in a garden cross-pollinating the flowers, doing what needs to happen for the ecosystem of the planet to continue to survive, as well as I like honey. I like honey. You know, no callback to Winnie the Pooh. Why wasn't he wearing pants? But um, the point of it, no tangent right now. The point of it is that that sound was not to signify a, a, a beat. It was not. Is what you look for. That's what you look for when you're having a drink. You know, you want to get buzzed. Buzzed. You know what I'm saying? You want to get a little buzz light yet. You want to get a little a buzz. And that'll do the trick. Bacardi Gold will do the motherfucking trick. And you don't even need a lot of that shit. You know what I'm saying? You could put it a little bit on your teeth. You know what I'm saying? If you're a true alcoholic, you know what the, the fucking advantage of just swishing it around on your gums. You feel that burn a little bit. You know, you can lie to yourself like you're freshening your breath. It feels a little bit like Listerine. But it's not. You know? Only thing it's it's clearing. Um, it's not bacteria. It's your brain cells. And it's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable process. Alcohol is probably one of the most dangerous drugs in America on the planet. You know, I don't want to say on the planet. I've heard some crazy drugs. Uh, but it's one. It's definitely one of the most um, dangerous drugs in America. But it's so socially acceptable that, you know, everybody does it. Everybody does it. Politicians, um, you know, down to the to the, the regular guy, like myself. Everybody likes to have a nice little drink. And if you don't like to have a nice little drink, maybe you couldn't handle when you were drinking. And those people call themselves alcoholics. I have a different perspective on that. I am not a fucking life coach. <laughs> but I feel like if you give up a drink because you think it's controlling you, perceive yourself to be an alcoholic, that is the case sometimes. I think with a lot of people, they just don't know how to resolve their root issue. Um, and so it's always going to manifest itself in one way or another. You would just replace that, you know, need for alcohol with something else. And is that healthy? No, that's not healthy. Um, my baby's squeaking in the living room. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. But uh, back to what I was talking about. I was getting a little buzz, buzz light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very enjoyable. It's that nice point where you like you drank enough that you um. You're walking around and your knees start to feel a little looser. And you, you know what I'm saying? You stomping your foot a little harder when you're just walking. You're talking a little bit louder. People are looking at you a little bit strange. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you're just feeling good. And that's that's the point where you get the little fucking niche. And everybody, you know, if you're a grown man, grown woman out here and you've had some experiences drinking over your lifetime, you have felt this once, twice, 10, 50, maybe even 100 times in your lifetime where you drank and you had enough. You had a motherfucking enough of that delicious alcohol. Isn't it incredible? Um, you had enough, but there's something that happens, man. It's almost like you click over into your subconscious. That might be what's going on. It's like you click over into your subconscious brain and you get into a state akin to sleep 
and you're dreaming now. You're awake, you're walking around, but you're really on autopilot. You know what I'm saying? You know, you might be sitting down. You might, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're not completely there anymore. You've gone. You've gone away. And what is there in the driver's seat is the fucking primal brain. The primal brain says to you, I know you're buzzed already. I know you're feeling the bzzz, but that's not enough for me. That is not a fucking enough for me. I want more. And I've gotten to an age, um, I've drank enough in my life. I've made enough uh, silly mistakes. I haven't really gone too bad. I have not gone too far. I remember, I'll, I'll tell a story right after this. Um, you know, I'll finish this off, but I'll tell a story right after this. You know, just comparing people uh, that have different levels of alcoholism or addiction and how sometimes you might think you're an addict, but you just really don't know how far it gets for some people. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, so, you know, the subconscious is in the driver's seat. And uh, last night I had a little fight. I had a little fight with myself. I said to myself, listen, do I want to continue drinking and get further into that rabbit hole? of, bzzz, Or am I going to chill the fuck out? Because I just have a little slight buzz. I just had a couple couple drinks. By the time we walk it off, I can go back and drive. Um, what was I driving? I was driving a fucking uh, Daytona Charger. The Hemi. And uh, probably not the best. <laughs> probably not the best vehicle to fucking try to drive. You know what I'm saying? A muscle call when you are a little bit buzzed. But, you know, um, I won the fight. The conscious brain won the fight. I woke up. Wake up. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wake up and realize what's important. It's important not to be a fucking dickhead. Not to make big mistakes in your life. And that's what happened. I didn't want to be a dickhead. I stopped drinking. Uh, It's called self-control. You should try it. And um, I was still able to have a good time. So you see, you don't have to go to either end of the fucking spectrum. You don't have to be this polarizing figure where you're either frozen or you're on fucking fire. You understand what I'm saying? Um, It's dangerous advice to alcoholics, isn't it? Back to the point of it. I wanted to share a story with you just kind of in comparison to um, (laughs) what happens sometimes when we think we're addicted to something or we think we're far gone into some type of obsession but everything is relative. Everything is from the self perspective. And as we get older, we learn to get out of our bodies, so to speak, and to be able to perceive externally outside of the five sensory world. I'm going to get very motherfucking esoteric on you motherfuckers. Outside of sight, smell, hearing, touch, taste, there is a world that you can't perceive. No. Um, what I'm trying to say is Everything is relative. So you may think you are on the far end of the spectrum as it pertains to addiction or problem. But in simple terms, there's always something worse. There's always something worse out there. There's always a lower rock bottom. Count your motherfucking blessings. Story time. I was a young man. I I, I think it was like 19 years old. And at 19 years old, I grew up Christian. Um... At 19, I had a little conflict with religion. I was like, it's just not making sense to me anymore. I really don't get it. This Jesus guy, all the pictures of him are white. The Bible saying he's black. The book is apparently 5,000 years old or fucking however old it is. I'm supposed to trust that the same text is in there. All the guys that are preaching the gospel, just they, they feel like snake oil salesmen. You know, I heard about kids getting touched in the church. There's just a lot of conflict going on that's making me say, I don't know if this is really the lifestyle that I want to pursue. Maybe not. Maybe not. And so um, within that conflict, one of the big things that was 
an internal struggle with myself was my understanding my education with sexuality. What am I talking about, ladies and gentlemen? Was I saying I'm a closet of homosexual? Hell no. Don't try it. Um, I'm saying that America has a way to either sexually repress or to sexually pervert. Once again, they're the same thing. They're just on either end of the spectrum. Not to get political. I'm not talking about Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals. That's not what I'm talking about, but it's kind of similar philosophically. Sexually in America, we don't learn about sex in a logical way, in a humane way. We learn about sex as only perversion, pedophiles, uh, rape, um, sexually transmitted diseases, uh, you know, cheating, uh, addiction. These are the ways that we, we hear about it on one end and on the other side, abstinence, Christianity, purity, uh, you know, no nudity, um, shame. You know, the, that other side of the spectrum is just the complete opposite. And I don't think either of those are correct. Right. But that was the conflict I was having in my brain. The conflict I was having in my brain is in the church. I was raised to believe that I'm not even supposed to think about the pussy. That is very difficult for a young man, and I am Puerto Rican. If anybody understands anything about Latin men, I am an extremely sexual being biologically. <laughs> I am an, an extremely sexual being biologically. You know, that is not a stereotype. It's 100% true. I don't know the mixing between the Spaniards and the slaves and the Native Americans, and I don't know whatever the fuck else I'm mixed with, but that makes an extremely horny human being um, with a lot of sperm count. I can tell you, I blow a thick load. All right, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> but back to the point of it. So I'm having this conflict because I'm horny as fucking hell. I'm 19 years old. My dick is just exploding if I think about shit, right? It's just like a fucking volcano that is extremely active all the fucking time. And I'm having that conflict combined with this repressed sense of shame that was in my subconscious mind, right? I was just fucking, you know, it, it, just, it was just laid into me. It was laid into me every time I set my head on the pillow. I was just fucking, you know, thinking about maybe even subconscious, maybe not even consciously just thinking about, you know, the way that I was raised and this repression and all this shit. And so I didn't want to be a pervert. I didn't want to be a fucking sex addict. And I made a silly little naive decision. I said to myself, yo, let me go just because I'm horny and just because I want to fuck so many girls and I feel like it's overwhelming. I'm watching all this porn. I can't fucking control my hand on my fucking dick. Joystick, joystick, joystick. So I said to myself, let me go and reach out for fucking help. And if anybody is a grown man or woman, you understand something in this life. When you go into the world and you reach out for fucking help, you get scammed. No, um, I didn't get scammed, but I just had a funny experience. I went and I, uh, I actually went to a fucking a Sex Addicts Anonymous meeting at 19 years old just because I was fucking horny. This is how confused and lack of guidance I had. <laughs> I had nobody to fucking just talk to me about the birds and the bees. My dick just started firing off at 13. I started fucking at 15 and um, it just started getting out of control. You know, I like the pussy. So I go to this meeting and to be very fucking honest, there was a level of me kind of reaching out because I genuinely wanted help. I wanted some level of guidance and I wanted to answer the question. Am I, am I an addict? Am I a sexual addict? Uh, but really what I was doing is I was naive enough to think that sex addict meetings had men and women. So I was going there to find some fucking freaks. I'm just being honest. I was going there on a search for motherfucking pussy. I was like, I need me a whorish bitch. I don't want no regular girl. I want somebody to fucking teach me the ways of the devil. 
So I went over to this meeting and was very upset <laughs> because it was a Sex Addicts Anonymous meeting and it was all fucking dudes. Hooray! Um, and it was every kind of dude you could fucking think of. It was hilarious. It was like, um, I was definitely the youngest guy there. I was 19 years old. And they were all kind of looking at me like, we, we know you're not a fucking sex addict already. You know, they, they had two questions in their head. They were like, did somebody fucking put a popsicle in your ass when you were a kid? Or, you know, are you confused? And I was definitely confused. I, I really didn't need to be there. And I was, I was soon to find that out. I was soon to find that out. I sat down and they opened up the meeting um, with the guy kind of, I guess there was like a Bible for sex addicts. It's like a faith-based therapy session or a philosophy which I kind of agree with. I understand that in order to achieve anything in this life or overcome anything, the seed in that pursuit is always going to be belief. So regardless of where you're stemming that belief from, it could be Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, the faith of Islam. It could be Satanism. Whatever the fuck is pushing you uh, with faith toward your goal, uh, that's always going to be the seed of it. Belief. Believing in it. You have to believe to start any endeavor. And so that's kind of like the, the beginning of the meeting. He just broke out this book. It was a Bible for sex addicts. Um, it had come on the cover. No. Imagine. <laughs> imagine. Imagine he goes up there and he forgets he jerked off in the book and he just tried to crack open a page. That would be fucking hilarious. But that's not what happened. The guy was cool. He looked clean. He looked like he hasn't touched his dick in 10 years. He was a monk. And he starts reading some words from this book. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to just stick around and see what the fuck is going on. Then people start introducing themselves and the range of human beings that apparently suffer with sex addiction is comical. It is fucking comical. There was like some 80 year old Italian guy named Sal. Like he, it was so stereotypical. He was just missing a sausage in his hand and a cigar in his mouth. The guy was sweating and it was air conditioned, chest hair out. <laughs> it's October. Like there's no reason for him to be this fucking wet. Pause. Pause. Uh, to be this moist, to be uh, perspiring that much. Um, there was another guy who was like, um, a lot of these guys were white too, weak. Uh, I say that, but I was there as well. Um, there was another guy that was just talking about how he lost his fucking life. You know, he had a wife and he has children and, um, I don't think he was poor. It looked like he was doing pretty well for himself, but just the pursuit of fucking having sex so much, I guess, I mean, he wasn't an attractive guy. He had to go outside the realm of just picking up girls. He was like, buying prostitutes and apparently got caught a couple times got wrapped up with you know law enforcement and got in trouble and his wife left him and his kids are ashamed of him and yada 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 and i was like oh fuck um there was a gay guy there that was talking about all the fuck fucking shit he's done and um you know it really gave me a perspective that sometimes you think you have a problem but you don't you know what i'm saying you just need to be introduced to people who are real fuck-ups no uh <laughs> I sound judgmental. It sounds like, you know, I, everybody has their own weakness. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to be silly. Uh, but I just remember that, man. I remember being 19 years old, going to that sex addicts meeting and it being a complete waste of time for me in a sense of like sex addiction. But it was not a waste of time. It gave me the deep lesson that, you know, I, I wasn't a sex addict, you know. So for anybody who's listening and maybe you're just an extremely horny person, maybe you just haven't painted your life in the right direction. Maybe you paint to yourself in a corner where the parameters around you, the parameters around you don't allow you to be explorative 
to what you're actually feeling. So it's not necessarily that you're a fucking creep. It's not necessarily that you, uh, you're a pervert or there's something wrong with you. But the situation that you've surrounded yourself in does not allow you to express yourself sexually. And so uh, you may not be a sex addict. You know, I come to you with some good news. It might just be the situation you're in. I'll give it to you like this. If you are a young person and you're in a relationship and you don't need to be in that relationship, maybe you even love the person, but these are the years that you're supposed to be exploring your sexuality, that you're supposed to be splooging on as many random faces as possible. That could make the situation feel like you have some type of addiction. That conflict of, I love this person, I want to be with them, but these are my whole years. You know what I mean? And you might think, oh, I have a problem. No, you don't have a problem. You're just in a situation that's unfavorable to what your actual needs are requesting of you. You know, even if you're like an older person, maybe you're like 30 years old, maybe you're even 40 years old, maybe you're in your 40s. And you've built a life around yourself that you actually fucking love. But the itch on your fucking dick is calling you to go and explore the things that you want. You know what I mean? That might be a possibility as well. Um, I say to you, I don't care who's claiming that you're a pervert or that there's something wrong with you. I want to you know, insert a little bit of humanity in the situation. I'm just a stranger. I'm your friendly stranger. I'm your friendly neighborhood unlicensed therapist. And I want to say to you, uh, sir... I always say man because women, you know, don't have these weird issues, right? It's only us men. We're the only fucked up people on the planet, right? There's no female sex addicts. Um, but I say to you, sir, you know, give yourself a break. Don't have too much shame. Don't allow people to hold that shit over your fucking head. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it'll then become a leash and people could just direct you with that guilt and that sense of shame and that title of you're a fucking pervert. You're a creep. You know what I mean? They could hold that over you and just direct you emotionally to any way. And that could, you know, even persuade you to kind of go back to bad things. Um, so take control back. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's wake up. Let's face the sunshine with a sense of positivity. This has been the motherfucking podcast. And what have I talked about? Let's go back to the title of the podcast. Nothing important. Nothing today was important. This is not medical advice. This is not life advice. We're not life coaches over here. We're not therapists. Uh, we, me, being me and, and uh, all my brothers in my mind. You know what I mean? All the voices in my head. You know, none of us are licensed to do what we're doing. This is just, big air quotes, art. That's all this is. It's entertainment. Uh, take it as you will. Continue to follow. Go on my Instagram page. Nothing important podcast with Matt Reyes. Like all the videos. Go on to the reels. Like those. Run those numbers up. Go on to the links. Click all the episodes. Give me five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. If you feel so fucking kind and you want to support this channel. I, I, you know what I want to do? I just want to snip out uh, that, that uh, outro from PBS. Uh, th this is, th these programs are re responsible for viewers like you. And I'm just going to put that at the end of every episode. Because I would love for you guys to understand the impact you make on me when you support the channel. You know, you allow this to continue. You give me the energy. This is going to continue growing. I'm not stopping, folks. I am not stopping. And I appreciate you for getting on fucking board. This is Noah's Ark. Until fucking next time.